And there's no reason to spend two hours on something that should be taking you one hour. So one of the big things is set your times that you're gonna that you're gonna check your email and you're gonna check right. your social media. I mean, there's no reason to have that thing buzzing on your desktop and in your phone all times of the day. There's well, it, no email funny. that's that important. You know what I mean? If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Jim, I gotta know how did you how did you feel? I know you're an emotional guy. How totally. Did you, how did you feel? You know, you, as you get older, you get a little bit more emotional. So true. How did you feel when you visited the Alro Service Center? You know what I felt was the culture. Remember when we were walking around and all the employees? They acknowledged all the employees. The employees were smiling. Everybody at them. knows everybody. I mean. You know, when we go to a, a facility and we get a tour and everyone's looking at the upper level management and the management is coming down to their level, they're part of the team too. Because at the end of the day, a good business is run by a great culture. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, we talk about it all the time on Making Chips and Alro is definitely an example of a company with a great culture. So that's the one thing that I genuinely took away from that private tour was the culture there. And I think it just resonates through the whole company. Hello, Metalworking Nation. Jim here at Making Chips. Great to be back in the saddle again with the microphone in my hand and sitting here across the desk with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Jay-Z Jason Zanger. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. I'm in a great mood. It really genuinely feels good to be sitting here with you again, equipping and inspiring all those manufacturing leaders that listen in to us on a weekly basis and keep us moving forward and all that great feedback we hear from them. Did you know that this is the podcast to equip and inspire all manufacturing leaders out there? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And um, we're doing it. We're doing it. A lot of time has passed us by since we've really, you know, been in the studio and, and doing this. I know we had that really successful IMTS series that has been going on for quite a few weeks. Uh, we've been to Las Vegas for our Manufacturing Association's board meeting, our annual retreat. That went really well. Um well, except when I got sick, but that, that that's okay. And then um, I, I took a trip and grew a beard. and um, yeah, A lot has changed. A wow. lot has changed. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, we're here. We still have all that good knowledge in our heads, and we're, we're here to share with uh, the Metalworking Nation. That's great. Well, I, I actually do have um, – I know you always ask for what's going on. I do have some – 
news to share as yeah, far as what's going on. Yeah, let's hear it, man. Tell me. Um, or do I know already? Well, you know already, okay. yeah, because we've talked about it, and you've seen me jutting back and forth to my cell phone and everything else going on and talking to people, and we're supposed to, and I say supposed to because, you know, you just never know until the ink is dry. You don't know. Um, we're supposed to be closing, um, my family closing on an acquisition of a competitive company of ours, and it's pretty exciting. Um, Good for it's, you. It's nerve-wracking, but it's exciting, and hopefully when this episode is released or when the Metalworking Nation listens to this, we'll of move forward and it, it's going to be a little stressful and you know borrowing a lot of money but i think it's it's going to be it's going to be a really good thing for us we're doubling in size wow and was it, you know was we've grown strategic? a lot oh it's very yeah it's very okay. strategic and strategic and opportunistic i mean both of them right. at the same time and right. i mean it was a situation where the owner of this competitive company and, and i say competitive very loosely because he was more of a friend i've been friends with him for 10 years and he's part of an association that we're a part of oh, a marketing and buying group yeah about. and okay. um so you weren't seeking out an acquisition. I, well, we're as a company, we're always seeking out right, acquisitions right. and opportunities. This one just kind of literally fell in our lap. It's kind of an interesting story, which maybe you can get out of me someday. But um, we'll have to do. We'll have to dedicate an entire episode. Yeah, we could. To it. We could. We could do it. Yeah, we could definitely connect on that at a later time. But yeah, we've been friends with this guy for for a very long time, and you know it, he's ready to retire, and he doesn't have family that's interested in being a part of the company. And culturally, it's a really good fit for us. Their culture is very similar to our culture. And so I, I think it's going to be a really good fit. Awesome. So I'm looking well, forward to it. But, you know, it's, it's going to be it's going to be pretty huge. So um, you you'll know, be fine. Yeah. Just take a, little a deep breath. And, exactly. Uh, it, my dad always said it's all about priorities. So yep. prioritize the things that are important and do that and just, you know, keep knocking them off. Yeah. And coincidentally, that's one of the things we're going to be talking about today. So good. Um, yeah. Well, so, that was a beautiful segue. Yeah. And before we get into that, I actually also have a manufacturing news to share. And this is kind of an oddball one. I just thought it was interesting because on, on two fronts, I thought it was interesting because of the automation and that McDonald's is making the bold step of placing your orders without talking to somebody. I think that's awesome. It seems like it would be an easy process to implement. Yeah, I mean, right? they're, yeah, their menu is pretty limited and it's not like you're going to be doing a lot of customizing like at a fine dining place or anything like that. So yeah, I thought it was right. interesting. And, and you know, they've been pushed into this and good for them for taking the stand to say, you know, we're going to do something about it. We might, we might be paying people $15, but instead of having five people working here, we're going to have two. Well, they have to do something. They have to do something. That is a significant increase for wages. Yeah. And, and then I'm looking at a picture and this is Oh, it's on Broadway, so in New York City, okay. a crowd of 350 protesters standing in front of a McDonald's restaurant. So they're actively trying to get people to not buy and to not go into the business, which I'm, I'm not a big fan of. Is that where the beta test is going to be? They've been doing beta testing on this for years. Oh, okay. Um, but okay. this was a, a picture that was posted just on November 29, 2016 in New York City, and it shows 350 people saying, we won't back down, and we want our $15 an hour. And well, I think it's interesting. Well, they're going to get the, the $15 an hour. It's just it's up to McDonald's to be able to mitigate the the staffing that they're going to need. I agree. And you know, so you could pay them $30 an hour. Right, if you have one person run the, the entire store. entire place, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So I, I mean, mean, I get it. It's it's very interesting. So the other facet to that is that I have you know one message to those people that are protesting, protesting out in front of the McDonald's looking for fifteen dollars an hour. Time to get trained to be a machinist. Beautiful. I mean, absolutely. Stop flipping burgers and become and become a trained CNC worker because you know you can make good money there and you can really you know step up your career and make the money amount of money that you right. want to make because you're not gonna you you're you're gonna lose those jobs in in fast food. 
Right. That's all there is to it. Yeah, we're looking for all types of new people in our industry. As you, as we know, well know, that there is a huge shortage in skilled workforce in metal in the metalworking industry. And we're, we want to take in new, fresh, young people, even veteran people, and we want to train them. And, and, and they can make great wages. All they need to do is have a lot of drive. They need to have some average to above average math skills to be computer savvy and to um, be a little bit technical. And we welcome them. I'll pay f- to train them. They can work while being trained and go to school at the same time. It's a win-win for everybody. There's people that are doing CNC program, veteran people now that have been in the industry for quite some time that are making well over $100,000 a year and, you know, in, in, in bigger roles within companies. And um, they're just taking away those arduous, laborious Well, tasks. and it allows us to be more competitive on a global scale. So right. one of the other manufacturing news articles that I, that I was going to talk about just kind of talk to bringing back American manufacturing. And we really need to do American manufacturing with less people. And we've been doing that. One of the one of the stats that it talked about was that we're actually, you know, they always talk about, oh, there's no, you know, we're not manufacturing in the United States anymore. We're not manufacturing. We hear that us all the time. But the fact is that American factories actually produce, this is this is from a um a Wharton article. Wharton is the um the business school at the University of Pennsylvania. And they talked about how American factories are producing producing twice as much as they did in the 80s with one-third fewer people. Right. So, well, I mean, talk about the productivity increase there. Right. So, and this is according to, it was in a Wharton article, according to the Federal Reserve that they quoted. Right. Well, you know, when we had the gentleman on, I can't remember his name, from the Federal Reserve Bank, he said that the manufacturing output really hasn't deteriorated all too much. As an industry, we're just getting much more efficient and the output is staying pretty much on par. It's just that the amount of people that it takes to get that output has been decreased due to the efficiencies uh, of the machinery and equipment that we're using nowadays. Yeah, and so what what you were referring to, Jim, was actually the senior economist, yes. uh, Bill, Strauss, Bill Strauss, and it was episode guy. 71 and 72. Yeah, making so if you want to go com forward slash 71 or forward slash 72. You got it. Yeah. So anyway, so that's about it on McDonald's. You probably won't hear too much more about McDonald's on making chips, although I think we did talk about McDonald's once during our pre-IMTS episodes because we were recording in IMTS studios right next to McDonald's, and And, I did have a hash brown and some coffee there. And everyone that listens to the show knows you don't particularly love McDonald's. I'm not a big fan of uh, McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. So. so what do we have for a show episode today? I mean, it's kind of weird not having a VIP guest. We're, we're just yeah, talking, we're do it, just Jason and, and I are hanging out and talking about it. stuff this so, afternoon. Yeah, so what I want to talk about going back to productivity is you know how to stay focused on what's important and get things done. So we, we've, we've gone through this a little bit before, but I just want to go through a couple points that I use in order to make sure that I stay focused and stay productive. And I'm sure there's a lot of things here that you're doing too, Jim, um, but maybe you can learn something. I know there's one thing here that you don't do well, but based on a conversation that we just have, it, look, it sounds like you're trying to do it better. So yeah, but sure. We'll, but we'll get to that. Yeah. What um, do you got? What, so, so this is just about productivity and how to how to simplify your productivity in the in the workspace. Yeah. In the, okay. Exactly. Just how to be more productive. How to stay focused on what is important and how to get things done. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about because you and I have talked about it before, and I know that you're 
a very, very distracted person and you get distracted by social media, you get distracted by text, you get distracted by emails and, you know, phone. your brain doesn't function in a way that it's efficient for for you to go from one thing to another. I don't know if you realize this, but it takes a long time for your brain to actually get focused. Now, everybody's a little bit different, but in general, if you have an important task that needs to get done, like let's say it's quoting a job or it's working on a proposal or whatever it is, it takes your brain a certain amount of time in order to get back focused on that. And if that's something that's going to take you an hour, you better focus on that for an hour because maybe it's something that if you're not focused on, it's going to take you two And there's no reason to spend two hours on something that should be taking you one hour. So one of the big things is set your times that you're going to, that you're going to check your email and you're going to check your social media. I mean, there's no reason to have that thing buzzing on your desktop and in your phone all times of the day. There's no email that's that important. You know what I mean? I just shared with you this morning that I had to really get some things done and I just X'd out the browser for my email. Great. You don't see it come in. You're not distracted because you see it show up in the right-hand corner. Exactly. The bottom right-hand yeah. corner So you of your did screen. this one day, and how did that go? It went really well. Well, there you go. Because, you know what? The thing is, your brain, you can multitask. We can all multitask. But the mo- we don't realize how much multitasking we're actually really doing. Oh, and it's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, and the more advanced we are as a society and that the technology that we're using you know when i'm sitting at my desk a car machine during the day i can think of a dozen things that are happening simultaneously that are distracting me i hear a noise in the shop i hear that end mill taking a weird cut and it makes me wince a little bit or i think i should tell my production guy to go say hey that that tool needs to be adjusted or somebody walks in the front door and I see them. Or that email, I see that little box come in that Jason Zanger just emailed me. Yeah, exactly. And so you're or a, a new purchase yeah, order. So you're you're touching on so many different things that that I want to discuss in this episode because sure, of things that I sure. do. And so let me try to like battle through those one by one. So I, I would say that the continuous flow of emails, text messages, and social media, bad. Stop it. Don't do it anymore. And I think what you did today is great. Keep that up and keep doing it. And I think that, you know, you need to you need to tell yourself, okay, I would say for you, in order to kind of um, slowly bring yourself out of that constant stream, is that you probably need to check your email and your social media once an hour. I don't social media, I don't. Okay. Social so media ch- I close I close off the Facebook, I close off the LinkedIn. Okay. And then occasionally so I've already implemented that good efficiency into my day to day. So now because, with your email, try checking your email yeah, only the, once an hour. Right. And I would say if you're gonna get really, really good at it, your goal would probably be to check your email once or twice a day. That would be tough. It would be tough. That'd so be tough. try to move from hourly to three to four times a day. Say to yourself, I would say every half hour would be a good test to, to, to begin with. That's a lot still. You think so? Absolutely. 30 minutes? Yeah, every 30 Without minutes. Without checking check your email? email? Yeah. Jim, if I email you and it's really important and you don't email me back, I'm going to call you. Of and every other person out there that Knows has something that. that that important is going to call somebody and not rely on, oh, I can't believe Jim didn't get back to me or I can't believe Jason didn't get back to me in 30 minutes. I mean, life just, it doesn't work that way. Right. You know? Right. And and I I think the goal is to, to move towards 
let's say two to three times a day. I think if you're a real pro, you could just check your email two to three times a day, not right. not to, not have that constant flow. And I and I also think that the worst time to check your email is first thing in the morning. You think it's the worst? Time? The worst time. Why? Because the best time of the day in order to get your really productive stuff done, get those tasks done that are really important and at the top of your list are the first thing in the morning. So if you let's just say you have this this big proposal that you're working on, okay. You should do that first thing in the morning. Maybe it's after coffee and after working out or however you 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 do your routine, but you should be doing that task in the first 60, 90, 120 minutes of the day and not check your email. So maybe you get to work at eight o'clock and you say to yourself, I'm going to check my email at 10. Okay. And before 10 o'clock, I'm going to be getting done the tasks that that I want to get done. And that way, once you get to that, that 10 o'clock mark, you're like, wow, I just got a lot of stuff done. I just right. got my most important thing done of the day. And then you go into your email at 10 and that's when you start getting distracted with all those ancillary, all things. the ancillary yeah. stuff that really isn't as important as getting that six, quote or that proposal. Six on. LinkedIn requests for connections. You start looking yeah, waste at that. Of time. Waste of time. Yeah. Waste, yeah, total, total waste of time. time. Total so, waste of time. Um, so, and then the other... The, but I w- yeah, go ahead. To qualify that in some capacity, especially with email, I think it kind of wakes me up a little bit and gets me going. You know what I mean? No, seriously. I, I, I totally disagree with you. Okay. Because it kind of... It kind of gets you in the in your mode. It gets you a, in... A distraction mode. But it gets you in a mode of distraction. It it sets you up for saying I'm going to be a distracted person all day long. I, I'm I'm telling you, Jim. I mean, I'll I'll fight you on this. I mean, like if you, I bet if you change your routine, which that's that's one of the next things that I wanted to talk about is developing that routine. I bet you that if you change your routine and you started doing things a little bit different, you're going to find that you can wake yourself up with other stuff. I'm not saying like you no, know. No, I will. Definitely. I'm not saying like you're an unproductive guy because no. I know you are very productive. I get stuff but done, I'm just saying yeah. that you could possibly be a a lot more productive if you didn't start your day with the email. I think that you can I don't I know you don't have trouble getting up in the morning, you exercise in the morning, you yep. drink coffee in the morning, right. all that kind of stuff. Yep. I think if you if you look at that proposal and you're like, Yes, I'm gonna spend the next ninety minutes getting this thing done and, and getting it off your plate and getting it to your customer so that you can get that next order, I think that that's going to energize you more than looking at your email. Yep. I think that just sets you up. For it could. Distraction. Yeah, it could. I mean, I it would does, just say give it a try. Yeah, you know? I will. I will. Absolutely. It's all you're always got to be trying new things. right? Yeah. So so just to go back, the first thing is, you know, setting your timetables for checking your email and really making a commitment to that. Um, the second thing is to spend that time in the morning getting the important tasks done and not checking your email and your social media. And then the third thing that I, I just alluded to was developing a routine. Mm-hmm. And I think routines are are very important to get your day going and stay unfocused. I've got a lot of my my own routines for the morning. I, I'm sure you've got some of your own. But one of my big routines in the morning is that I I have myself highly organized such that I can I can tell what is the most important thing that I can get done. I have everything organized in Evernote, so I click on one button. It says now, and it's got like you know one, hopefully one, but like maybe one, two, or three tasks that are my things that I need to do now. And that's part of my routine is I check that. And I'm like, okay, I need to do this now in the next 90 minutes because I'm freshest now and I'm not distracted and get those things done. So de- part of that is developing that routine. Part of developing that routine is going to bed on time and getting the sleep that you, you I need to get. I definitely do that. There's no focused. question about that. So, um, so that's that third thing. The next thing is how you handle your things that you do. So 
one of the questions that you, one of the um, statements that you made is that you get distracted by if you hear that end mill running in the shop and it's making a weird noise. Okay. Right. So and I know darn well that they're running it the too fast of a surface feed or there's not enough chip load or or something like that. It's that's just ingrained into me. Right. So you you have a couple choices that you could you could do in that moment when when you hear that end mill running poorly. You could get up out of your seat when you're working on that proposal Forget and you know that it needs to get done, walk back in the shop and figure out what's going on and solve the problem, right? That's that's one that's one it's response. One op- it's one, that's one option. option. That's one option. Okay. The other thing that you could do is look at your son and say there's something wrong over there. Go figure that out. Okay. And he can go into the shop because he's not working on that proposal like you're working on and figure out what's going wrong with that end mill and solve that problem. And then the third thing that you could do is do nothing. And, assume, and they'll figure it out and assume that it's going to resolve no, itself. I agree. And, you know, those are your three choices that right. you can make in that situation. Sometimes, you know, ignoring it and, and assuming that it's going to resolve itself is the best Typically, thing that you right. can do. I, I've been doing that. Lately. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know you have been doing that a little a little bit more. And and sometimes, you know, resolving itself could also be at the end of the day when you're you're checking in with your team and, and you in, you know, everybody's getting ready to go home. Just say, you know, I noticed that the end mill didn't was sound making, good. Did you break What did you it? do? Yeah, what'd you, what'd you do? Yeah, I, I, and then they turn to me and say, oh, yeah, we had to buy a new $175 solid carbide end mill from right. Zanger's. And, 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 well, and, <laughs> and that's Jason fine. I got, smi- I've got Jason no problem smiles with that. and I, I wince. <laughs> and I've got, no, I've got no issues with that part. But, and but, they're flying in in red, UPS red <laughs> next day, early a.m. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I but, knew you would. But, but the, other, I mean, the, other, the other thing that you could do there is just to give that feedback and say, you know what, maybe next time you could do this when you fir- first start to hear that noise. Or maybe you should consider doing this and it, and it could solve the problem a little bit quicker. I think and the, so you're not actually yeah. taking the task on yourself. You're just right. giving like 30 seconds of feedback at a later time after the thing's already resolved itself so that it can, the next time that it happens, maybe it can resolve itself in a better way. So right. Does that make sense? It sure does. And, th- and, and that's like in a nutshell, the things that I have. I mean, because I, I just think it's really important to stay productive. And I think part of the, you know, one of the big things that you can do in order to be really productive on what's important is not to micromanage every single one of those situations. I've given up a lot of the micromanaging. I'm, I'm a recovered micromanager. Are you, I mean, I, oh yeah, absolutely. Bad? Oh, bad. Like I just always assume that if my hands Did you go to rehab for that? Um, not, not like officially, but I had to like, you know, self-diagnose myself, really study it and figure out how to solve those problems because, you know, it, it, it what it's What was your bad. aha moment that you thought you were micromanaging? Um, just making myself nuts with needing to know everything that's going on and knowing that I was never going to get, um, the company was never going to get to the, to the next level if I was still doing that, or I was going to be sacrificing time with my family. I mean, my desire is not to work an extreme number of hours per week. Like my desire is that I want to be able to be a good leader so that I can spend more time doing the things that I want to be doing outside of the company and inside the company, especially you know, time with my family and doing things that are contributing more to society as opposed to just handling the day-to-day tasks at Zangers. I mean, there's other people here. My team is good. And they're- they, And you they, trust them. And I trust them. And they've been waiting for me to let go of the reins, you know, and I need to be able to do it. I just assumed that if I wasn't making sure that everything got done the way that I wanted to get done, that we weren't going to be successful. And that's just not true. Hmm. So I'm very much a so that was your aha moment, and and I'm still I'm I'm still struggling with that. So like case in point, 
I've had a How long have you been doing that? Um giving up or giving up the micromanaging about. Well, I'm still doing it. I know, but you when when did you make a cognizant decision to not micromanage as much as you were doing? You know, when was your aha moment? What, you oh, said, when did I I'm starting like tomorrow I'm not gonna check in with Lisa every 30 minutes and see right. what she's doing. So, and, and this is not to make light of the um, of the analogy that I'm going to make, but are, are you asking me at what point did I say, hi, my name's Jason, I'm a micromanager? Yes, kind Okay, of. I mean, it, probably about a year ago. Really? Yeah, okay. probably about a year ago, I really realized that I, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm micromanaging and I need to stop. But it's something that I'm still giving up. So one of the rocks that I've had for that I haven't solved, that I haven't gotten done for like the last probably three quarters is getting our e-commerce site up and going. And I finally went to my sister and I, and I said, this isn't going to get done unless I hand it over to you. And she's like, give it to me. So, um, and I was like, okay, this is yours now. You're, you're going to have to get this done because I'm going to fail for the third time in a row. And it's because I feel like I'm the only one that's going to be able to get it done, but it's just not true. I'm the only one that's going to get it done the way that I think it's going to get done. But think right. That you but 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 I'm just not getting. I'm just never going to get it done. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. never going to happen. It's yeah. kind of like you know that proposal, that quote that you're working on, and all of a sudden you finally get it done, and the customer's like, "I placed an order two days ago." You know, you're too late to the party. You know, well, and, I think you're tasking Lisa now with a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it needs to happen. Yeah. So. Well, then she needs to hire somebody. Because I need to be focused on what's important for me. Right, the higher level stuff. Yeah. Right. I I get it, Jason. And, you know, honestly, through the last few years of um, networking and peer-to-peer stuff that we do uh, within our industry, and I've talked to people about this, I have definitely started to make incremental changes in the way that I manage my business and not micromanage so much. I certainly try not to go out in the shop as often as I used to because I know I'm going to get distracted. I'm going to see something I don't like or I'm going to go up to somebody's machine and see what they're doing and they're going to ask me a question and then I'm going to get pulled in and that's not where I'm as efficient as I could be. I should be in the office connecting with upper level um, management people, OEMs, and, and talking about what we can do for them mm-hmm. and how we can better the business relationship. Absolutely. So, whereas that guy in the shop cannot do that. Yep. So, absolutely. Put myself in a position that only I can do the best position for Jim Carr. Yep, absolutely. And I would say, you know, the last point, and I might have already said the last point, but this is the real last point in order to stay focused and stay productive that I've been doing is um, really scheduling not only, I told you how I schedule my day out and doing certain things in the morning and not doing other things in the morning and, and maintaining that routine, but I actually schedule my days as well. So um, I don't take appointments on um, Wednesdays and Fridays in general. Um, you do not take I do not take appointments on Wednesdays and Fridays in general. Okay. So Fridays typically um, are making chips. So if your Aflac guy says I need to come in and talk to you on Friday, not going to see him. Not going to see him. No. Okay. It's not. It's something like that is not that important. Now, if a high level customer says to me I need to see you on Friday, well, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to break try that. And make it work. I'm going to I'm going to break that and I'm going to I'm going to make it work. Right. Um. But in general, um, Wednesdays and Fridays are days that I work from home. 
and um, I, I do not um, take appointments those days, and it, it works out really well. So I know on like Tuesdays are a lot of my team meeting days, and those are the days that I really sit down and and we we do our meetings. And I know I'm I'm going to be swamped all day long uh, doing that, but I make sure that I schedule my days in a very methodical way in order to be more productive, more efficient, and stay focused on what's important. Hmm. Very well said. So that's it. Do you have any comments or thoughts on this? So no. So let's think about that manufacturing leader that just listened to us. Mm -hmm. What's the takeaway? What one, two, or three tips can you offer to them to start implementing tomorrow to make their life just a little easier? Sure. So I, I would say a couple things. Figure out a schedule for your email. I know that probably 80% of the people out there just have a constant flow of email. Oh, I'm sure. Shut it off your phone. Yep. Shut it off your desktop. Get your schedule down and figure out what works for you. And don't assume that you're going to go from A to B all at once. And and then I would say work, figure out what the most important things are for, for you to take things to the next level and do that first thing in the morning. That, I, those would be two of the two of the top things. So, what do you do in the morning while your coffee's brewing and the TV's on? You're listening to the news and you're eating your English muffin. Can you check your emails then? I do not. You do not. So you do, do not. not even open your email browser until let's say 10 a.m. Um, some sometimes it might be a little bit earlier than that, but I mean in general, I I really try not to um to look at my email until you know the the later morning. But my day usually starts at well, first of all, my day starts at like four or five in the morning, okay. and I have young children, so there's no TV right. going there's or no anything t- like yeah. that. You know, it's um, you're busy. Yeah. You're, well, you're, I'm I'm not I'm not necessarily busy with the kids, but I'm just you know it's it's more quiet time and you know um more more reflective than that. Um, but I'm usually off to work at you know five thirty in the morning at that right. point, and then I'm once I get to the office at six, I'm getting those important things done that I need to be working on. That's going to that, that where I'm going to have that relief and say, um, wow, I just accomplished a lot and it's only 10 o'clock in the morning. Now I could check my email and get distracted and go down, you know, a couple rabbit holes for the next, you know, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so that's one, we mm-hmm. said three, let's give them three tips. Okay. Well, the other, the other one I would say is to, um, and this goes back to, you know, what I mentioned before about getting the important things done in the morning is get the things, the things that you think that you need to do, get them out of your head. One of the things that you mentioned before is that you're always very distracted about all the stuff that's going on. Well, get it out of your head and get it down on paper, get it down in some kind of task manager, and then prioritize what those things are so that you can make sure that you're working on the most important things. Got it. Um, and then the last thing is, you know, just to, um, be really diligent about creating a routine for yourself, whether that's a, a routine for the day or a routine for the days and the whole week. So um, to me, though, that's the most important thing to do. Good stuff, as usual. I am going to try and implement some of those effects starting tomorrow. Start with the email one. I did it. To, well, the email one's going to be the big thing mm-hmm. because today I was actually turn the notifications off on your phone. It is off. Oh, good. Because I'm on a battery saver. Okay. So instead of instead of a push, it's sure. a pull. Yeah, there you go. So the phone's off, um, but it was Jason. It was just as simple as closing out that browser. And I thought, what email is going to come in that I'm going to have to check in 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 that very moment? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's a distraction. Yep. It's a total distraction. 
So I can't even imagine people that don't have filters on their email that they see, you know, people have like the spam and the, and can you imagine how distracted they get from that? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Facebook, same thing with LinkedIn, same thing with Twitter, all those social media things. If you're really attracted to that kind of um, platform, you're going to be stuck on it all day long. Oh, absolutely. It's never ending. Absolutely. It's never ending. So with that said, I think uh, we can wrap up another episode of Making Chips. You know, I, I always say at the end of the, the show that um, we've been doing this now for 90-some-odd episodes. Who knew that it would end up being something like this? We knew, though, at the beginning it was our mission to, you know, bring good knowledge, business, acumen to the manufacturing community. Yeah, to elevate manufacturing leaders. Yeah, just... Uh, and, and, to, and to, you know, be pushed to elevate ourselves. And it does. It does. And it does. And it does because we know people are responding and people appreciate what we do. And, you know, the sponsors recognize that, too. Um so we're 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 blessed. I I, I guess you could say very much that, so. Uh, we've been able to continue to provide this kind of information to um, our industry and our community. I just want to reiterate that uh, you know next year, 2017, we're going to have a lot of good stuff coming forward. We're going to have um, that new marketing series with uh, Julie Poulos. She's going to be a reoccurring VIP guest. We're going to talk a lot about cool marketing techniques. Um, we're going to be doing some online on-site interviews at Sandvik Coromont probably the one here in Chicagoland we, we've got people some people lined up to give us some really good information on new um, cutting tool technology and of course we talked already before on a prior episode about the reboot of the make and elevate manufacturing leadership series so I'm real excited for what the next year is going to bring and um, people want to comment on anything or give us any examples 312-725-0245 is that right correct all right or else makingchips.com there's all kinds of information there and uh we occasionally answer an email uh jim at ryan at and of course jason at makingchips.com pleasure having us in your ears again and um We will talk to you again on another Making Chips episode. Bam. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. So I guess the first thing that I want to talk about, because you and I, um, you, we've talked about it. Excuse me. Sorry, I had a burp. <laughs> That's a great blooper, by the yeah. way.